0: And welcome into the RinkWise podcast on Siemens Media. I'm Evan Marinovsky, and today I am joined by the head coach of Frederick Gunn, Craig Badger. Craig, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. How are you guys? I am good. I am good. I am uh, happy to see you. It's a, uh, it's a good time of year and you guys are 4-0. So I think it's, it, it does, it feels pretty good right now, I would imagine. So we'll start with that and then, cause you guys are going to the Avon Christmas Classic. That's a huge holiday tournament. Definitely one of the premier ones in the region coming up, which what a weekend of hockey. Not just there, but uh, I was doing the schedule post for, all the different tournaments, the two games in one day, everybody in one rank, that is as good of, as it gets, I feel like, when it comes to hockey, right?
1: In general, absolutely, and certainly in terms of prep hockey. I mean, the the tradition that goes into all of that, the exposure that our guys get to college coaches and junior hockey coaches, and just the competition of it. Every, every game is an absolute grind, and, and when you have to play four games in less than... 48 hours for the most part. It's a real, real
0: grind. Yeah, it seems it. And I I always see like the equipment laid out everywhere at these events. And it's I I think it's so funny. It brings you back. But we'll start with you guys, because Frederick Gunn, you guys are 4-0 to start, uh, four solid wins. I mean, what sort of what have you noticed? I know it's early, so it's it's a lot of kind of guys getting used to each other. But what, what have you noticed about your team so far that you
1: like? So far, like our goaltending has been very good. Mitch McCusker has really take, taken a real step forward from last year. He's a big kid. He's a strong kid, plays the puck exceptionally well, and really does a good job of balancing the the positional aspects of being a goalie with his athleticism. He he has the ability to make the big save, but typically is in good enough position that he doesn't have to make the big save all the time. So he's done a really good job so far and we can score goals. And I don't think that we've been close to perfect. I think we, we've we made some mistakes. We've got six new defensemen on the back end, when they're trying to, to adjust to a style where you just don't have much time and space. But our forward's ability to get the puck in the back of the net has been really good so far. And we're rolling four lines through. I think as of now, we have 11 guys with points already. And so our top guys from last year, the LaGurcio, Rothman, Pizzo line, who were our three leading scorers last year, they have played well. I think they've got seven points each, something like that at this point, but but we haven't relied on them. We've, we're getting scoring from other guys as well. And I certainly am happier at 4-0 and than I would be at 0-4.
0: Yes, that's true. It's funny. I saw you guys at Exeter. I was telling you this off the air, and it's interesting because you're right. Like that top line of Laguercio, Piso, Rothman is. We know about them. They're good. I mean, Laguercio's got a ridiculous shot. Just just pulls it out of anywhere, and he put it in the top of the net. But your depth, you're right. Like your your depth forwards, I feel like I saw you guys against Exeter. So like, like Billy Collins had a great. Game. A lot of guys like that, and I think. When I look at you guys, and you you obviously this, like depth usually is the big X factor, I feel like, in a lot of things. So I think it is a good, obviously, it is a very good thing early on that that depth is showing itself early, right? That It's going to be pretty encouraging as a coach.
1: Yeah, and a little bit unexpected. I mean, we thought, obviously, we thought these guys were going to be good. But there's usually an adjustment period. And some of those new guys have really started out really, really well. Will Jackson, out of Stars Elite in Dallas, has been Mm -hmm. really Good so far. Billy Collins has been very good. Our group of 07s up front with Karkner, Quiesis, and Tucker Mears, they've been really good for younger kids. And then our returning guys that may be a little bit less heralded than that top line from last year, but Antonio Donahue has been really, really good. He's flying around the ice. Connor Ferguson had one or two goals last night against Berkshire, one on the power play, stepped into the scoring area and just ripped it up top. Marco Goich has been really good for us as well. So we feel really, really good about where, where we're at.
0: And then on D one guy I noticed was Luke Calabria, really good defense. And I thought he was great in your game against Exeter. And I know the stats of, were there last year. I feel like they're going to be there again. Is he sort of the guy that you're looking towards on the back end, along with the other, obviously the other five as well?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's dynamite. And we as a staff have been saying for a couple of years, like, how is this kid off the radar? Last year yeah. as a sophomore putting up 25 points or whatever he had and not really on everybody's radar. And he he's an elite athlete. His, his dad was a Heisman Trophy candidate out of Colgate the quarterback back in the day. Uh, his- oh my God. I didn't know that. Yeah, his twin sister is committed to UNC for lacrosse next year. So he's like the genes are there. When you watch the kids skate, I mean, it's it's impressive to see. And he's been really, really good up to this point. And I expect that he'll be a top D in, in all of New England this year. But then we're we're also excited about some of the other guys we have. Jake Johnner is a postgrad for us. He mm-hmm. comes from Long Island Golfway team team last year. He should have a really good year. Brayden O'Neill comes to us from South Kent last year. Jake Pellicane returns. We got a Kid Cooper Stockdale who's in '07 from British Columbia, so we're we're feeling feeling good about that group too.
0: Yeah, no, you have a, you guys are deep. You guys are, you, you guys are certainly up there. I think I include, I included you guys in my top 10 this week. So you guys are, you you guys are right there. You guys are there. Uh, so it's interesting that I mentioned the holiday tournaments are coming obviously all over the region. They're there. There They're so many. I didn't realize like when I was putting the schedule post together, there's, there's like seven or eight or nine and there's a lot on the girls side too. So there's a lot of great action coming up, but you guys are part of the Avon Christmas classic, which is, Again, no pun intended. Classic. When did you guys? When did Frederick Gunn start going there?
1: Has that been an all? has that always been the case, or is that recent? I, I think we are actually the only other team outside of Avon that's been in it since the beginning. And wow. I, I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that that's true. So we've been there literally since day one, and obviously it's since I've been there. This is year 19 for me. I I don't think the teams have changed in that period of time. Wow. Could be wrong on that, but I think it's, it's been the same eight since I've been, been around.
0: I was going to say, I feel like if you're a team in that, at a tournament like that, you're not leaving that tournament. I feel like you're, you're you're sticking with that. Like you don't leave that. So being there for, and you've been there 19 years at at Frederick Gunn Now what's the excitement level like for when, when the Avon Christmas classic and the holiday tournament season comes around? Like, is there a different kind of vibe among the guys?
1: Yes. As a coach, we hope not. We we preach consistency and, and try to bring that excitement day in and day out, but there's no way to avoid it, especially mm-hmm. those first two days where I think there's usually over a hundred scouts there. The, the room is packed. It's parents, it's scouts, it's kids. It, it's just a really, really fun environment to be in and to be a part of. And the kids, they know. They're aware that there there are scouts there and and guys coming to watch and the pressure of trying to of that, but also wanting to win a tournament and and trying to to bring a trophy home. So they they're super excited. And, and as a coach, I mean, what more what more do you want, right? You yeah. Know, kind of focused just on hockey for you know forty eight hours plus. It's not the same as as when we got used to get to stay there on campus. Yeah, that was as an adult. You loved it and hated it. The dorms there, the beds are kind of built into the wall and I'm five foot nine and I hardly fit in the bed. Oh my God. So I'm not sure what some of our bigger guys do, let alone some of the basketball, football kids that they may have at Avon. And you didn't sleep well, but you were there and you got to watch every game. You got to, to talk to a lot of people, a lot of scouts that you, you maybe don't get to see otherwise. There's there's a fair number of guys who come in from Western Canada to watch. So it, it's... It's just a lot of fun and there are very few times in, in our jobs where we get to focus just on the hockey aspect.
0: Yeah, and I feel like guys like Talen McBride and and Marco Gossich wouldn't have a great time sleeping in those beds. No, um, no, not at all. <laughs> no, being as big as they are. But it's interesting because the, the the lineup of teams is ridiculous. They're just yeah. the amount of good teams that are that will be there. For you as a coach, is it kind of one of your first tests to see what the, your team really is with your group. Is is that how you view the, the tournament a little
1: bit? I mean, yes, in that, like, I mean, the teams we play, it, it's absurd. We open up with Loomis and then we've yep. got Trinity Pauling uh, at 9 a.m. at Trinity College. Bright uh, <laughs> <laughs> and early. Yep, yeah, and then we turn it around and play Kent at five in the afternoon. So, like, three really strong teams in, in just over 24 hours. The, the difference is by then we'll have played Kent twice already. We played yes. we, we scrimmaged them last week. We've got them uh, at third place tomorrow night. Um, and then at Avon's so we'll have played Kent three times in under two weeks. Uh, Trinity Pauling, we scrimmaged prior to Thanksgiving. Um, so we've seen them, uh, but not Loomis yet. Um, so I think obviously what we're, what you find out there is kind of what are your guys made of? Because it's hard. The competition is really tough. They're exhausted. They don't sleep as well when you're in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And so you, you start to get a sense as to how much grit they have, a little bit of that mental toughness, that physical toughness to be able to push through those three days. But I think the real benefit is that team bonding, to, to be away. For a couple of days. They don't have to worry about schoolwork. They they focus only on hockey. They're staying together. That time spent together can really be a huge benefit for us as we head into break, but then more importantly, coming back afterwards and really being able to to have that team feel. In
0: your 19 years, has there ever been a team of yours that you were a little unsure of going into the Avon Christmas Classic, and then they had a really good showing, and then they kind of cruised the rest of the year. Was there ever Were they kind of galvanized from it? Was there ever a year or a team that you felt like kind of had that happen to them?
1: I think when we when we won the Elite Eight, I don't even know what it was, 2015, 2016, something like that, we struggled at the Avon tournament. We were not very good. Guys were trying to figure each other out. Our starting goalie was out with an injury, and we had to to grind through it and didn't play very well at all. And then back then, we used to do the Cushing New Year's tournament, the Watkins, and came back for that. And going into that tournament, we were a game under 500. Oh, wow. Yeah, and we started out against Thayer in game one and went down a couple goals pretty quickly. And it was one of those feelings like, oh, boy. Like, where's this going to go? It's going to be a long winter. (laughs) Yeah. And then our starter had been cleared to play, but he had only had, like, the hour of practice that we had the night before at Cushing. And so we had started the other kid, and he kind of looked down at us and was like, I'm good to go. And we put him in, and we came back and we won that. We won the tournament. And from that point on, we lost – two games the rest of the season and when in the two games we lost were to Avon and Salisbury both of whom we then met up again with in the in the Elite Eight and and kind of got a little bit of revenge there so the holiday tournaments in general I think can really can really galvanize a team and really build that camaraderie that will allow them to to grit through the rest of the season
0: yeah, and it's interesting how this. I've I've heard other coaches say the season's almost in thirds because the first third is the holiday tournament, and then you kind of have an idea what you have. Yeah. You mentioned the, the, a lot of the scouts because you're right, like. I went to the Flood Mar last year, tons of scouts, Avon, tons of scouts, like a lot of these tournaments and they're going to all of them. They're not just going to one. They're checking everybody out. Obviously you have a lot of kids on your team that are going to be scouted at this. How do you, how do you help them kind of keep their mind on hockey and not get out of their head a bit? And so, Oh my, there's, there's Northeastern in the stands. There's, there's a, there's a Red Wings scout. Like how do you keep them, their focus on the ice and staying in the zone?
1: It's hard. I mean, they're kids. And obviously they're excited, but nervous at the same time and trying to, to funnel that energy in the right direction can be a little bit difficult. I think what we really focus on is just focus on the game and, and focus on not the opponent, not the environment, but focus on what it is we need to do. And what you need to do as an individual, every time you step on the ice to help the team win the game and the more success the team has the more success guys have individually as well i think it's also helpful that we return some guys who've been through that so they're they're aware of what it's like and and at this point we've already played in front of a fair number of scouts the jamboree that we did at hotchkiss had a good number of scouts there our game at hotchkiss had a few guys there all of whom were were very noticeable because the stands are very small there and they're right on top of your bench and so our yes guys, our guys noticed them quickly. And then we had a fair amount up at Exeter as well. So having already been in that environment a little bit now, it's it's different at Avon just by the, the pure number of guys that are there at once. But our guys do have some experience with it. And I think, I think that very much helps us going into it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, you're right. There were a, a fair amount at uh, Exeter last weekend. Do you have any favorite moments from the Avon Christmas Classic from your 19 years? Anything stand out? Oh god. Down
1: memory lane. Yeah. I mean, it all kind of blends together after a little bit. We've won it a few times which is which is always fun, the championship game when you get there in general is always fun. But I think thinking back, and I it, again, it all blends together so I couldn't even tell you who we were playing or, or what, but there were, there was a moment one of my first two years, where we had a kid Austin Smith, who ended up going to Colgate and played pro afterwards. He was drafted by the Stars. He just took over a couple of games, and and that was back at the time where we were, we were just kind of starting. Mm-hmm. Our, my first year as an assistant here with Chris Baudo as head coach. I think we ended up a couple games over 500. The next year we took a good step forward, but this kid Austin Smith just really out of the blue, a Dallas kid who kind of showed up there and really took over some games and and put really put himself on, on the radar. A few years back, Alex Jeffries was hurt. And obviously he was an unreal player for us and we relied on him a lot. He's Um, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Not, not too bad. No, but he was hurt and had like a, basically like a a thigh contusion that was making it hard for him to, to get around the ice. And we kind of asked him just to, Hey, we just need you to, to push through and grit it out a little bit here. And I think we we're playing Loomis, and he he could hardly skate, but he got himself up the ice into a scoring area, and somebody gave him the puck, and he just ripped one for us to win the game two to one. Wow. So those, those are a couple, of, and there are others, but again, it's it's hard to, it's, it's hard to remember exactly who you're playing and who was out there and all of that stuff.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's exciting. And I, I love the tur- the holiday tournament time because you're right. And you get to see so many different teams play each other that normally you wouldn't get to see at uh, kind of before like division and league play begins. And with you guys, you're four and oh, you're playing well, obviously, you get the so this will come out next week. So we're recording this Thursday, December seventh. You guys, you guys will not have not played Kent. Time, or you will have played Kent by the time this is out. But you yeah. haven't. played. But what's sort of the key for keys for you guys going forward? This season, post holiday tournament, and kind of keeping this group on the right track.
1: Yeah, I think initially some of our new D continuing to to work to take that step forward to, mm-hmm. to get adjusted to the level of play. Guys working to keep a good structure out there. We harp on guys about getting above pucks, and I think at times a little bit. So far, we've we've tried to cheat a little bit and and play too much on the offensive side and. That doesn't work. At least for us, it doesn't work. It leads to, to too many turnovers and, and odd man rushes going the other way. But also guys needing to learn that when you play behind the puck, you're able to attack more with speed. And I think our team's speed is is as good as anybody's. And when we're, when we're able to play from behind the puck and come up the ice with speed, we're a handful for for the other team to defend against.
0: Yeah, and you guys have a lot of – you've mentioned this, a lot of returning guys from that team last year that lost in the uh, small school final. How yeah. motivated were your guys coming in, like like Alex and, and Piso and Rothman like, and Mitchell McCusker, like how motivated were those guys coming into this year to be like, hey, we're going to be on the other side of that uh, or, or pushing even higher this year? How motivated were they?
1: So they're all really laid-back humans, so it's hard sometimes to, to get a read in terms of that, but they all want to win all the time. Yeah. And we – We've been in three straight small school championship games. Last year, last year was a grind. We ended up playing in all 12 overtime games. And I thought we were as good as anybody. We tied Avon to uh, lost to Taft 2-1 to one in overtime, lost to Salisbury in overtime, beat Westie in overtime. So like really, really good games. And so I think the guys in general were, were bummed to not be in the Elite Eight last year, but we're able to really kind of forget about that and, and still just focus on the opportunity to win a championship and not many teams ever get to play for a championship. And they were crushed being up in the third period and Lawrence tying it up late and then winning an OT. They were, they were pretty crushed by it. And I think their goal, if you ask them is to, to be in the elite eight and, and to push for a championship there. But You know, Pizzo, Rothman, those guys have been here. Mark has been here for four years and Jacob has been here now for three. So they've, they've seen it and they they have a a good understanding of it. And in their last year, I know that they're really, really hoping to take that step forward to leave with a championship kind of no matter what tournament you're in.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you guys have a pretty good roster. So I think Elite Eight is not, I think that seems like that's in your crosshairs, which I think is a, a good way to be. Yeah. So.
1: Everybody's good. And, and that's what, what we've seen so far. I think the the teams we've played so far, like I think Berkshire has taken a step forward from where they were last year. We scrimmaged Canterbury. I thought they were, I thought they were good. I thought they played Trinity Pauling has taken a step forward from where they were last year. And so I think every game is going to be, is going to be a grind, but ultimately I think that's what will, will make us better. And what I said to the guys after last night's game is that, last year we came out guns blazing i think we scored like 30 goals in the first like three or four games like something something <laughs> and i don't think that was good for us i i think we won a little bit too easily and scored too easily last year and then when you get to the games that are more of a battle we we didn't necessarily produce at that same rate uh whereas this year we we've won we've won four games and and we're happy about it, but we've had to grind for it. Every every game we've been in, the other teams pulled the goalie. They've been close enough at the end to have the, the net empty, and we've had to kill off that six on five. And we've been able to do it so far. And hopefully that having to to grind and compete a little bit more early on is, is going to make us that much better as we move deeper into the season. Well, like when you get
0: to the tournament, no one, <laughs> there's no blowout games. So like you, Never. They're all battles, it's all... Yeah grind it out. So Craig, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh, we'll have to have you on again because there's so much more uh, that we can dive into through throughout the season. But yeah, this has been, this has been awesome and I wish you guys the best of luck through,
1: through the rest of the year. Thank you guys. I appreciate you having me.
0: We're back with Patrick Donnelly. We're going to talk some boys and girls prep. We just talked to Craig Badger over at Frederick Gunn. And Pat, you look like you're coming to us from like, like Alaska. I love it. It's like the hat. People are watching on YouTube, but you should go watch us on YouTube yes. now. We're on YouTube. The hat. You look like you got the the coats behind you. You look like you're like all hunkered in the woods. I love it. Yeah. Gotta have to run up New Hampshire to take care of some things. But, you know, we
2: they got like 10 inches of snow up here over the weekend. It's a bluebird day. It's like, man, wish I
0: could. Just be on a mountain right now, but you know what? We're here. We're on Zoom, and we're going to talk some girls' prep hockey. I was going to say, I would. I do admit though, I wish I was ski- skiing. Would be awesome today, especially up oh, there, because yeah. down here we're recording this. It's like Thursday, December seventh. It's like twenty degrees down here. I imagine it's uh, a little bit colder.
2: Yeah, it's like in the uh, teens. But... It was like single digits last night.
0: Yeah. See, you know what I would love though? I-, I like the cold. Just no snow, so then we can skate on lakes. That's what I want. Like, yeah. Look cold and, and no snow because I don't want to have to shovel it. I want to just go out on the clean ice. It'd be like rock solid frozen and not – people who listen will probably agree with me. Like yeah. that's what, right? Like that's what we want. Well, yeah, there's, there's like – I mean the people in Alberta must have it so good because it starts uh, freezing in October,
2: but they don't get the snow till November, December. So like that's why Banff and Lake Louise always looks fantastic. Yeah, there's one place up here you could hike to, but you got to get to it before the snow gets there. Because other than that, it's in the middle of nowhere. You're not going to be able to lug stuff up a mountain and dump water on it to get some good ice.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. So I'm hoping in the next couple days, like – Maybe this weekend. I don't know. I would. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. I would not yeah. uh, mind that at all. Because you, you, you and I both love skating outside. Skating outside is the best. I think the best skating. It's better than any rink. I think. Oh, it's so. when I play my best too. There's no exactly, <laughs> exactly right. No boards, no hitting. It's it's perfect. It's 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 great for us. But anyways, on the girls' side, you had rankings come out this week your top five did change a little you had nobles you had nobles and Tabor just switch spots but then at the end it got interesting bb and n got added they are got added have there been anything over the last like week or so that have surprised you in girls prep or, or kind of teams rising that maybe you didn't expect or this early
2: i would not say anything's like overly surprising but i mean I, I wrote this but scrimmage is always a little bit of a grain of salt but I caught Thayer versus Milton last week and Thayer was just all over them, especially like in the first period, first third, like half of the game. And so I was really impressed. And obviously I wrote about Morgan McGaithy. We just had her story come out today. She is the real deal. Just can't can't say enough. And then BBNN and Thayer, like they were both they were both right there when I was doing my preseason ranking, especially BBNN. And two wins to start the one over Dexter, which everyone had pretty high expectations for. I had them eighth going into the season, so they get the win over Dexter. That was pretty impressive. And then they take care of business over Pomfret, which I would expect. But other than that, nothing really too surprising. St. Paul's had the loss, but you know it's against it's against Wilson. What are you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just a little annoying waiting for Andover to get underway. They're they're late to the party here. But other than that. Not not a whole lot. I was impressed with Nobles. Just like we've we've said, I I've, I've caught Nobles against Loomis Chafee on Saturday, and Loomis really took it to him hard. They were really physical in the defensive zone, made life pretty difficult on Nobles. But they were opportunistic, so that's I I was pressed with that effort. So I moved them up, leap leapfrogged them with Tabor. But as far as looking ahead, I think the biggest thing I have my eye on is Groton against Tabor this weekend. Ooh. Um, you know, I've we talked about Groton on a previous episode. They're like that little darling sleeper for me this year and really putting my money where my mouth is with that matchup.
0: And you're, did you say you're going to be there? Yep, that's my plan. Yeah, that's going to be very – I'm very intrigued to see what happens with that game because I agree with you. And, again, if 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 Tina Scalise breaks out in that game, as she has been in the past, that's a big pat on the back for you uh, because yeah. you've been all over that. Um, so I agree. I think that's probably the – and what's interesting, this will be out – so this podcast I think will come out after that game happens. So we can't – oh, that was a great game by Groton. Yeah. Oh, my God, they were just outstanding. So we can't do any of that. But a story will be up for it, which will be cool. Yeah. So we'll have that. What have you thought of Kent so far? Two zero, new coach. Feels like they're off to kind of a hot start. What what stood out with with them to you?
2: Yeah, for Kent, I mean, just from what I've what I've seen, is it's really their heavy hitters that have hit the ground running. Especially like them and Groton are kind of in the same boat. Like Groton, Tina Scalise, goals and back to back. Maddie Cronin had a hat trick. And you look at Kent and Sam Fitorix highlighting. Sophie Russo, Mia Montanari, Megan Duplante going into the season. They're kind of heavy hitter college commits there. Sophie is going to Quinnipiac, Megan Duplante dartmouth and Montanari's going to RPI. And all of them have been hot right out of the gates. Both All, all three have goals. Duplante had, I think, a goal in their first game against uh, Berkshire and then two against Hill or vice versa. I think against Hill she had the game winner in less than four minutes to go. It was a pretty pretty tight game. Or it might have been Berkshire. That was 2-1. Hill was 5-2. But you, you get the gist. Like, the, it, I think the biggest thing for them was that those three really hit the ground running, and they have.
0: Yeah, it's. I'm fascinated to see what ends up happening. I agree with you. I am also a little annoyed that Andover hasn't started yet just because, like, I feel like them getting in the mix is big. Oh, yeah. Uh, this episode, we're talking a lot of holiday tournaments. You had a schedule post go up, and we're going to have previews and schedules for all of the girls and boys holiday tournaments. On the girls' side, you are going to, and I'm blanking on the name, the one at Milton and Nobles. On the girls' side, what are you going to be looking for there? What are you looking to see out of those out of those games?
2: Yeah, so I'll be at the Harrington one. The other really big heavy hitter would be like the Patsy K Auden one, but that's in Taft. And that is quite a haul. That's a um, haul. <laughs> from our neck of the woods. Um, and then also a uh, Dexter's tournament has a, has a decent field um, and that's right there. But you know, Harrington will be my focus. Um, especially when you look at day one, I think BBN plays Williston. Which that's a huge is, matchup. Yeah, BBN, yeah. Milton plays St. Paul's. And then on Saturday you get BBN and Milton Williston and St. Paul's again nobles i think gets nobles actually could have a nice little setup to go deep in their in their own tournament they they get lawrence first day then westminster westminster's no pushover saint mark's on day two but yeah a lot of a lot of really intriguing matchups and especially like measuring sticks for whether it's milton against williston BBN and against williston you get saint paul's and BBN. saint paul's gets a rematch with williston I think those are going to be really exciting to catch.
0: Yeah. And what's most fun for you is your top 10 is going to look a lot different when out of that. Because that's the thing. Like the, you and I are both doing top 10s now. And just and the first week was hard enough. And there wasn't even that much action. Like there, was, there wasn't a ton of huge games. So yeah. now going forward, it's going to be just crazier and crazier. And I think the holiday tournament is going to be just putting a stick in it with how hard it's going to be. I'm curious if anyone can knock off Williston in that Harrington tournament, that would be like my biggest storyline. Yeah. Who, if, if, if Nobles gets up against them, obviously BB and N, I I like think that's a, an interesting, not a sleep, well, they are kind of a sleeper team, I feel like, because they weren't ranked to begin the year. Yep. And Ed Bourgeois always has that team just in the mix. So I'm curious to see, what happens with them when it comes to the holiday tournament? So that should be fun. You, I'm going to be at the flood bar. So we're going to be alternating rinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we won't get to see each other, unfortunately. And we're going to be at different rinks.
2: The, the thing with the rankings too is like it's it's so early in the season where we said Andover hasn't even started yet, except for a scrimmage against Andover High. you like you don't you don't want to you don't want to ever overreact too much, and that's why I was like, uh, should Milton really fall out? But yeah. You know, BBN two and zero they've and there too is pretty impressive so they earned the earned the jump but you know there's always that little bit of a grace period at the start of the year.
0: Well, you and I like you, you did when you were at NCAA you did the boys rankings right. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, like I did power ten. The Power Ten. I did those the year before. And you we both know, because people if people don't know this, we come from the same program. Like we both Pat was just at NCAA.com a year behind me because he's he graduated from college a year after me. But I always find it like when I would do those rankings, it was funny because things would happen and I'd be like, Well, this team's probably top ten, but they lost twice this weekend, so they're falling out. Like that just And it's tough because people are like, oh, why aren't they in it? It's like, it's one week of rankings. So this kind of segues well over to the boys because there was a fair amount of action. Everybody was, everybody's been playing. And in my rankings so far, again, this is the the December 4th edition of the rankings. Sebs, Cushing, Avon stayed the same, but Kimball Union started playing earlier than everybody. So they were four and one when I went to do the rankings, but they lost, they lost to Rivers. And so I dropped them a spot. I think Rivers is still. A, I think Kimball Union's a really good team. I think the top five in boys: with Sebs, Cushing, Avon, Salisbury, Kimble Union. I think it's going to be hard for any team to go into that. So I'm I, I'm curious to see if over the next couple weeks anybody can move in there. The number six team I have is Nobles. I saw them play Tabor on Wednesday night, and I was curious because you didn't see you went to the ISL showcase. You didn't. You weren't at Nobles, you were at Sebs, right? Yeah, I was at Sebs, but I mean, the the box score for Nobles was pretty impressive on Sunday. So. <laughs> it was. Dennis Davidson, I think, had a goal and like five assists. I mean, it was like men's league numbers. So Yeah, I, I was, he had six points, a goal and five assists. Yeah, I was just baffled by that. Well, baffled, but just those are crazy numbers to put up in a game. But I, what's funny, Tabor played Nobles really well. And Nobles is good. They have a really strong top line: Davidson, O'Leary, Teddy McCausland. They have some good forward depth. Good in net. I wouldn't be surprised though if they're like I think six all the teams six through ten and like right outside. I think are going to be shuffling through. Like River, I put Rivers in the top ten uh, in the December fourth edition. They lost to St. George's on Wednesday night, like six to one. They'll be coming out, but that's okay. It doesn't like I, that doesn't mean you're not a a good team. It just means that you're a fringe top 10 team. So you're going to be in and out. Like, I think a lot of these teams are going to like rivers. I'm curious, like Brunswick has had kind of, has had a little bit of a shaky start to the year. One, one and one. I'm wondering, like I saw them play New Hampton. They looked really good. Uh, I know they got a big win over. I think it was Kent on Wednesday. Yeah. They played Kent Wednesday, They beat him five, four, by the time you hear this, they will have already played Westminster. But both those, I mean, if, if they can pull off the win against Westminster, they're going to rise in the top 10. And I got to remember that if they do, I actually have to rise them because I'm going to sound like a hypocrite if I don't. But yeah, I mean, I I don't, like, I, I, I don't know. I think that there's St. George is going to be in the mix. Westminster, one team I do like a lot is Frederick Gunn. Obviously, we just talked to Craig Badger. So there's no bias, no bias involved there. But that team's good. I think they're going to be... I think they're going to be in the top 10 for a long time because I just think they're that good. But again, like they're in a tough Avon Old Farms Christmas tournament where there's so many good teams. And I, like Pat, like you were saying, like I think on the boys side, there's going to be sh- all these tournaments and you got all these good teams playing each other that the top 10 is going to be like ripped up and redone, I think, in the week after. You went to that ISL Keller thing I mentioned. What did you notice from that? What did you like from that? Because you saw Sebs, Thayer, Governors, and Milton, right? Yep. Yep. So, I, I mean,
2: that was my first time getting eyes on Sebs, aside from seeing the Mutrin brothers with the junior Eagles in the fall. And man, the hype is real. They they There's so many ways to beat teams. I didn't think Teddy had like an amazing game, but he was still effective. But Casey Mutrin, I know you've been harping on it, but man, like this could be a huge sophomore year for him. He had two goals in that power play unit they have. Where Milton focused so much on Teddy in the bumper that it opened up so much, so many other chances. And Casey just kind of, at least twice, a power play shift was going in for that backdoor door one timer. Only capitalized <laughs> once, but I mean it was really, really impressive. Just like, like I said, just so many different ways to beat teams. Every line's a threat. And then Governor isn't there. they really started well. I and like they they scored on the opening shift, and twenty seconds in, mm-hmm. uh, but. Governors they settled in nicely. I thought Cam Russo really stood out for them. Just kind of drove play. Good shot. And so it was like interesting to just see Thayer kind of dominating at the start. And then governors slowly but surely finding their feet and getting going. Yeah. But I mean on for the Thayer side too, I thought their top line, Tommy Anderson, Brady Kudrick, and Josh Halliday were really good too. And that was like it was kind of like the both teams, it was kind of like just first lines, trading blows and chances. Yeah. And then it was everyone else just kind of settling in.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm cu- I'm curious about those teams. Governors, right now, as you record, is 3-1. and one. They lost to Belmont Hill on Wednesday. They, they're a sleeper team to me in the Keller. The Keller's so good. But, like, T- Tabor looked really good against Nobles the other night. That's one of those things where, like, Tabor... Lost a lot. I thought they were going to be maybe the bottom team in the Keller, but after watching them, I don't know how I like. I don't think they're in the bottom anymore. Like I think they're a really good team, who has some intriguing talent. One team I want to touch on, and I mentioned a little earlier, is Rivers. Rivers is this. I wrote this. I said they're going to maybe be the most in, interesting team in all of prep. And I think I might be right. So I got to give myself pat on the back. We're always a pro pat on the back podcast. When we get something wrong, we don't talk about it. But uh, when we get a prediction right, we obviously uh, never stop talking about it. But Rivers is this great blend of really good veteran players who are kind of under the radar. Like you don't hear it. I, I think this is maybe on us. You don't hear a ton about like Caden Maselli and Jacob Coolis. But those are two seniors who are really solid forwards, who we're going to produce. Maselli plays on a line with Carter Meyer, who's an eighth grader who is freaking good. I mean, that's the funny thing about Rivers. Four eighth graders. Four eighth graders. Finn Sears, Carter Meyer, Sam Pandolfo, and Evan Alden on defense. All 09s. All really good. I think Carter is an NTDP prospect. I've said this before. But I think Finn Sears is really strong. Sam Pandolfo is... It's funny, sometimes with younger hockey players, they have all this skill, they have all this talent, but the smarts isn't there. Sam Pandolfo plays just like his dad, <laughs> really, really smart, and he's a good and he's a great third line center for that rivers team and I get like I give head coach Freddie Meyer props, like putting those kids in prominent positions and trusting them. i mean they I was there at Exeter last uh, weekend when they beat Kimball Union. And all those kids played a part. Eben Alden, who's, again, an eighth grader covering the front of the net against Kimball Union's huge older veteran players, and he's doing a good job, like... So uh, Rivers is a team to me that is so interesting. I I don't know if uh, Elite Eight is going to be hard because I think there's a lot of teams that are a little older, bigger, stronger, all that. But they're going to be in play for the playoffs for sure. Another kid I would highlight is Freddie's son, Freddie. Freddie Meyer, who's a freshman, really good player. Hits. That's the funny thing, Pat. You got to get out and see this Rivers team because they're not big, but they hit everybody. I mean, like they wallop kids like Freddie yeah. my like Freddie Meyer the freshman is 510 160 again just crushing guys so they're an interesting team Stevie Roussel is another good forward and so is Justin Graff they have again there are yeah. a lot there are a lot of guys and I think it's good because like last year the Eberhardt yeah. I saw Eberhardt was very heavy on just St. Mark's. That was the main team. They dominated everybody this year. St. Mark's is good, but so is rivers. So is St. George's. I know there's other teams in the Eberhardt who've gotten a lot better, but rivers is a legitimate, legitimate threat. And again, I'm curious to sort of see where they go throughout the season. So
2: yeah. I yeah. was going to mention Justin Graf, Collins brother. I caught him with the militia back at the,
0: yes, that's right.
2: Um, I, I like his game. I think he's really smart. I think he's a deceptive skater. Change speeds, like bait a defender in and speed by him. Four points in four games. Pretty good start.
0: That's not bad. I I liked him a lot. I think I had him as like a breakout candidate. I might not have. I I don't remember. I think I thought I did. But he's been good. And, again, I – I'm excited to see what this team can do. I know they lost to St. George's. My guess is like, and like we'll see this throughout the year with a lot of teams who are young that have that upside. They're going to lose some, they're going to lose like they're going to lose some games. It's going to happen. But again, I think this is a really interesting team to track, uh, not just this year, but the years going forward. And I think it's a team we're going to probably be talking about quite a bit. So, yeah, I mean, we've covered a lot in this episode. Talked to Craig Badger from Frederick Gunn. We did some girls prep. We did some boys prep. This is what we want to do throughout the season. So you and I are going to sit here and we'll talk to coaches on the boys and girls prep side and the MIAA. MIAA has not started yet. That's the big thing. Uh, Yes, I'm excited. I think I don't think I'll be able to get to it because there's other games happening that I should watch for my job. But Natick Framingham is is happening January 20th. Or no, December twentieth, and Pat. I know you're not from. You're not cool enough to be from Framingham. You're cool, but you're not cool, not cool enough to be from Framingham. Natick Framingham is the big rivalry game, and it's at okay. Lauren. So that's like I would love to go see that if I can. Lynn's big rivals who? Swampscott, I'd say. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, not no love lost. There's a big like, like even just like territorially, like Lynn Swampscott Marblehead is always like. Always, always some jarring between me and my friends. So,
0: yeah, Lynn's too pe- Lynn's too tough. People don't want to be rivals with Lynn. It's not going to end well. We do have one last segment left, and we have our great producer, David Yaz, yes, who does an awesome job with this show and with all the Siemens media uh, podcasts. We got overtime, Pat. So, time for overtime.
1: Overtime. overtime
3: both Pat and Evan completely unprepared for these three questions which I will lob their way. We'll make Pat go first. Yeah. Just because he looks really cold and let's get him out of here <laughs>
0: um, God, it was freezing.
3: Question number 1, if you were to imagine if you were to imagine the ultimate hockey player, how often would that player visit the penalty box? Your thoughts on that, Patrick? Wow. You could say okay. never. That's a possibility, but
2: I, I won't say never cuz I'm I'm going to I'm going to really ride the fence here and like Obviously not completely undisciplined, but you know you got to have some snarl. You got to have some toughness. Once every once every other game, whether it's like roughing after the whistle, or standing up for himself, I'd, I'd say that's probably a, a good amount.
3: All
0: right,
2: not, enough good. but not too much. You, you want some? You want some toughness?
0: Like Matthew Kachuk. That would yeah. be the that's who I yes. thought
3: of. Yes. And so, Evan, your answer similar or?
0: I would say yeah. Once every two, like Marshan's good at it, but he's also taking a lot of dumb penalties this year, yep. like just stupid infractions so that I would cut those out. But I agree with Pat roughing after the whistle stuff, a fight every now and again, don't get injured. That would be what I would say.
3: All right. Excellent answer to both. You're both wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <both> wrong. All, <laughs> all the time. I figured you going yeah, to like Sean like that. Thornton. So question number two, Evan, you can go first. List the following words in the order in which you would like to be described as a hockey player. Tough, talented, unselfish.
0: Ooh, unselfish one. Anyone who's unselfish yeah. is like, like God tier. Like that's just, <laughs> yep. unselfish would be one. I'd probably say talented. Cause talented can get you far. If you're unselfish mm-hmm. and talented, you can do a lot. Toughness will be three. I know a lot of the, a lot of people disagree with that, but I'd probably go, yeah, I'd go unselfish, talented,
3: tough. That's how I picture you as. Not that you're not tough, Evan. But that's how I've I've never seen you. You play want to take hockey, this outside?
0: But- <laughs> yes. You want to take? You want to take? Go, go outside. Let's go outside. It's too cold. I, I'm done. I don't want to do anything outside today.
3: Pat, your your thoughts? Same order or different order? It's wow. tough, did and unselfish. Unselfish one for sure. Man, I'll probably go with tough. Just
2: that too, mm. just because. I don't know, the way I was always like on the penalty kill. I was always dumping it in, going on the four check. So I, I want to be able to know, be known as like hard four check or hard penalty killer. Um, what, if you
3: had, what if we added Scrappy? Would you get? Do you whoa, want to be Scrappy? scrappy. scrappy. Scrappy's yeah, good, too. You know.
2: <laughs> yeah, Scrappy. Yeah, and then talent. Yeah, I was well, all right. It wasn't anything special.
3: Well, see, talent is like a loaded word because, in a manner of speaking, you have no control over talent. You're either oh, you're yeah. born with it or you're, or, you're, or you're not. But... Maybe not. I mean, maybe you can develop talents. I don't know. All right. Good answers both. Final question. Pat, you go first. What? What's the hockey record that will never be broken? And I'll give you three possibilities. You can choose one of these or go off the board. All right. The Henri Richard won 11 Stanley Cups over a 19-year career. So oh that's a lot. <laughs> the Washington Capitals posted a record which featured the lowest wins in a single season when they only won eight times in the 1974-75 season. <laughs> what a season. miserable
0: season that must have been. <laughs> Eight.
3: They had a record of 8, 67, and 5. And finally, maybe the most obvious one, Wayne Gretzky career points. 2857 no one else is really close. So, any of those records sound unbreakable to you Patrick or you want to add a different one?
2: What was the Richard one again?
3: 11 Stanley Cups over I mean that's it. He played 19 years oh, but that's yeah. just will anyone win 11 rings?
2: I that's one I'll definitely agree with. I don't I don't think so. I think parity's too good. I mean all of them I think are close. Like the Sabres weren't even that bad when they were trying to get McDavid in 2015. <laughs> but yeah, I would say out of all those, probably the 11 Cups, I just think there's playoffs, anything can happen. Parry's too good. I'll go a little off the board and say Gretzky's 92 goals in a single season. Ooh. Um, mm. That's so a like, good one. We, we know Ovi's going to smash the the all-time record at some point, but I, I don't know. I think goalies are too good. There's a lot of talent to spread around. I don't know if 92 is going to happen in a single season.
3: Yeah. And some of this comes with the, when Henri Richard won 11 Stanley Cups, I don't know how many teams there were in the NHL, but it was oh, yeah. a lot fewer, a lot fewer than now.
0: I got to say though, that 11. the cup record, if you're playing NHL 24 franchise mode or my player, you're it. you can win 11. That's a, you can do that easily. <laughs> you should, you should <laughs> see my franchise. All right. I agree. Yep. All, all three of those are unbreak, uh, unbreakable. I will go off the board though, mm-hmm. a little more realistic one that like was broken. Somewhat recently, Martin Berger's 691 uh, career games won for a goalie. Mm. I will say because now the whole idea of goalies don't play as much. It's more of a platoon instead of goalies don't play 70 games anymore. So I would say that just given that you're playing less and unless you're like Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman, maybe then you can hit the record. But no, I think I don't I think that one's probably not going to be touched just because the positions change so much. Mm.
2: Yeah, Vasilevsky's the one unicorn playing like 50, 60 games.
0: Exactly. That may, that could, he, maybe, but you're not going to get there this
2: year because he was hurt.
0: No, exactly. So I think that would be my one of like, that's realistic-ish, but the game's changed so much I don't think it's going to happen.
3: It's funny how I can think of a version of that in the the goalies resting in at least two other sports. Baseball, starting pitchers get coddled ridiculously. Bingo. compared, Compared to, I mean... The year I was born, Denny McLean won 31 games. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen again. And then in football, the the running backs—you don't typically see running backs getting. Fifteen hundred yards or, or more because they're splitting time. So basically, we're all becoming wusses and wimps. As yeah, well that's going
0: on it right is. That's, well, Pat, Pat and I, we could we could play. And same with you guys, we could play a million games, and that would be would be fine. We win all the games. Sure.
2: We're talking yeah, about sure. Sega hockey, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sega hockey. I'll throw one more out there. Go if you don't mind. Go. Yeah. On stalls hundred thirteen penalty minutes, most by a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
3: I, I was in school in Philly while Hextall was in the net for the Flyers, and he was a god. And he also scored a few goals, if I recall.
0: He did. At least more than one. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He was tough. you think a goalie will ever get, like, two goals in a season? <laughs> That's well, That could happen.
2: I mean, I mean, that, but that could. Because it's,
3: it's pure fluke,
0: right? It could. Yeah.
2: I think that could totally happen. Like, Tristan Jari's done it once already, and now he has it in the back of his brain the rest of the regular season. Yeah. Think, like, and he, he's just probably going for it every time now.
3: We saw it in soccer over this past year. I forget where it was. It was in Europe, but a a soccer goalie ran up at the end of the game because the game was only so much time left, and he headed the ball in. That was nuts. (laughs) I'd like to see Hextall do that. Yeah, right. Very good. You both have performed excellently in overtime. And, Pat, we have some hot chocolate to you on the way so you can warm up (laughs) there, cozy confines.
0: Back to you, Evan. Yeah, that was great. So, yeah, overtime is done. We did everything. This episode had everything. Overtime, girls and boys prep and an interview with a coach. So we did a lot today. But yeah, that has been this episode of RinkWise. That's Patrick Donnelly. I'm Evan Marinovsky. We're produced by the great David Yaz. RinkWise is a Siemens Media production. I will see you around the rinks and make sure to have a great rest of your week.